Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the punk rock parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On today's episode, I sit down with independent filmmaker and rad dad, Sean Michael Cologne. Many of you listening will probably know Sean from his very successful film about punk record label, Fat Records. The film, of course, being A Fat Wreck. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure to go check it out. It's one of those essential punk rock documentaries, especially for those of us who came up in the 90s and were so heavily influenced by fat wreck bands like Lagwagon, Good Riddance, Strung Out, No Use for a Name, and of course, No Effects. Well, Sean's working on his next documentary right now, Age of Audio, which will dive into the history and cultural significance of podcasting. From independent DIY podcasts, a world we know very well, to juggernauts like Serial. I can't tell you how stoked I am for this project, and Sean has some huge names involved already. And he's just about to announce a crowdfunding campaign, so make sure to follow us and Age of Audio at AOA Movie on all the socials to be the first to hear about that when it drops. Sean's also a dad to one daughter, Tessa, and tells us how he navigated creating a fat wreck while becoming a dad at the same time. We dove into the controversial topic of parental leave and talked about his negative experience with his employer at the time when he asked for some flexibility. We also talked about the importance of community in raising a child and how the most important thing you can do for your child is very simple. Just give a shit. And in talking about his films, we also talked about some of the connections between the punk rock and podcasting communities, both of which have a strong DIY foundation. Sean's super energetic to say the least and he brings some really unique experiences and insights to this chat it's a super fun discussion and i can't wait for you to hear all about age of audio in addition to all the dad stuff what are we waiting for let's get into it here's sean michael cologne of open-ended films fat wreck and the upcoming podcast documentary age of audio on the rad dad's show oh who am i uh any of us really it depends on when you find me um but uh on my birth certificate it's sean michael cologne is my name the nomenclature given to me by my parentals uh uh, that's what i could you know go by and uh i am a dad uh, a husband um a maker of things uh, I like to say that I do, I make movies professionally and music passionately. So, uh, like, um, so I, I'm a filmmaker and uh, I like to make lots of stuff if I can. Make friends, uh, make babies, make love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm, you're a maker, but you said dad first, and that's obviously why you're here. We'll talk about all those other things too, but um, you're a dad. How many kids do you have? I have I have one child. I have child. Okay. I have a You're daughter. A child. Yes, and her name is Tessa. How old is Tessa? Tessa just turned nine. Nine. Okay. So we're we're talking grade what? Grade five or no? Grade four? No, she's third. Grade she's three. Third. Okay. Okay. So okay, well, that's good. I have a I have a a grade three as well. So we're gonna have lots. Of things oh, cool. Here. So, yeah, I have two daughters. Um, uh, Elise, who is eight. And Nora, who's five. Oh gosh! Okay, you're right in the thick of it. Yep, yep. So um, you can say that at any point in, like, that's a blanket statement. 
you can say at any point, I think up to 18. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you're in the oh, thick of it. They're, you're in the thick of it. Like, oh, yeah. two to three. Oh, man, you're in the thick of it. Oh, 14 to 17. Oh, man, you're in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. It's, I, it's so funny. Like um, that's the, the universal sort of thing we, we have in common as parents, right. Is everybody sort of knows like, oh yeah, I've been through that or, oh, I've heard that's tough. And you know, we're, we're all just trying to navigate this together. So I have to ask the question, do you consider yourself a rad dad? Oh dude, I'm the raddest of dads. Like I'm, and I'm not saying that because I, anything that I do, I just mean that I'm the kind of dad that will, be goofy and get on the floor and do weird stuff and, you know, make a fool of myself, you know, like that kind of dad, like just, you know, uh, that's why I consider myself a rad dad. Yeah. Um, also, like, you know, do cool, get to do cool things. But like uh, the fact that I'm not a stoic, you know, hands off kind of dad, I'm, I'm, and I think, uh, I think it's interesting. I think the rad dad thing is like almost a, there's, a, it's, kind of generational i think yep i think the dads before us and i love my father a lot but um i think it's more common now for uh dads like us to be like very involved uh and, and be really a big part of the upbringing and also the playing and and my dad played with us i don't want to make it seem like i did he didn't but it was like I'm just much more involved in what's i think my daughter's into and i i, I see i kind of follow like i know like especially when TikTok was, you know, it's still going, but like the different trends will go through. Yep. My daughter watches YouTube. So those things make their way over there mm-hmm. and I'll throw out a little, like, you know, one of those trending songs and she, you know, that it's like, yeah, of course I know that. I know all this. I know about that. I know about a sniper wolf. I know about SS sniper wolf. You don't think I know that she, she's feeling, she's feeling people's content. Not cool. Not cool. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, like so that's that's interesting that you bring up that kind of generational thing and and what what makes a rad dad like that definition I think has changed over time and and you're right like on I've said this before so apologies to people who've listened to multiple episodes you know we it's called the rad dad show and that's you know we're kind of talking to people we think are rad right that's kind of how we make that connection to you but but what we're really trying to find out is like what makes a a rad dad like what how do you, what, what's a good dad? What, what are those characteristics that you feel are important in a dad? Like, I think there's um, just one. I think the, there's one, the biggest one is giving a shit. Yep. You know, caring about not just their well being, And, you know, I think dads historically have even older generations, the fifties, like, you know, they providers and all those kind of very kind of stereotypical kind of concepts. But I think um, I think a more modern like being involved, it, it, like being involved, and I, I think that's the maybe a little different than. Uh, and like I said, there, and I'm saying historically, that doesn't mean all dads. There's like yeah. there's been, you know, there were dads in the '50s or whatever that were those kind of cool dad, like the kind of rad dads that we're talking about that were yeah. like they. they and, but like before it was kind of like the separation oh the dad goes to work he does these things and the mom is really with the kids and maybe he plays catch with his kid and maybe he attends a baseball game here and there but it's really like you know not the involvement is kind of in those spaces and i think uh i was very lucky uh, i was actually working on um my first movie a fat wreck 
the punk rock documentary. Uh, my daughter was born halfway through that. Oh, wow. And um, I was the marketing director for this talent development school when I was started making the movie. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a person that, like, if you're going to do something, like, take ownership and just, like, you know, I, like, it's like it's mine. You know what I mean? And I'll work that. So I worked a lot. And uh, I would work on weekends sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I was salaried. so But I cared about the work. So I was like, yep. I, it, I wasn't being forced to do that necessarily, if that makes sense. Yep. And um, when my daughter was going to be born, I kind of went to them. I was like, hey, my kid is coming and I'm going to probably need some flexibility. And I'm like, oh, okay. But then they like put me on contract and then started pulling away work because they didn't have to give me unemployment. Who does that? Lame. Who's like, who's like I, hey, I have a child coming. And they're like, oh, damn, this is going to affect gonna my cost business us. badly. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me make sure I don't have to like pay out for this person. Like it's just really super shitty, but, um, well, and super short sighted, like, uh, and sorry to jump in and like, no um, problem, no problem. You know, um, hijack your story here, but it's okay. I, I don't think that's, that's not something that's really come up on this show very often, but I do think, um, as I think about like the workforce, like, um, that's something that I hope is changing now is better, you know, more understanding that like if you support your this was a woman yeah it, she was she was and she's like she had kids like i mean like you know what nuts. i mean like yeah. like it, it it was a blessing in disguise because i'll tell you why okay because what happened is um what happened is i was working on the movie and that was probably another factor because i had this movie coming up and they weren't support one supportive of that either uh and this is like i had had the crowdfunding thing i have a very mm-hmm. successful crowdfunding thing i had never made a movie before and so this was a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know what I mean? And they didn't, they seemed to see it more as a detriment to what they were doing rather than being like, oh my gosh, this person has this amazing thing that's happening. You know, you know, there was, it, so anyway, when me and my wife had the discussion about what the plan was, um, we looked at like daycare and all that stuff and the cost. And it was like, well, I could go and get another job that would be starting. I had been with that other company for about three or four years. And I was like, I could start over. Go get a job, but then we're basically I'm working to pay for the kid to be in daycare. Like, I mean, it's really yep. most of the money would that's where it would be going. And I was like, and then I wouldn't have time to work on the movie, which you know, the, the movie was a bit of a gamble, but not that much of a gamble because we had had such a successful crowdfunding. I had a lot of um people who were interested in uh, licensing the movie and distributing the movie reach out early on because obviously it was an audience so it was it was a risk but it was a calculated risk mm-hmm. you know and so uh, me and my wife made the decision that i would be primary parent i would take over as primary and i would stay home that way when the kiddo was sleeping or uh, i could work on the film and i could be editing at the same time i also was into that i always really wanted to uh I'll say this. My dad worked in the aircraft industry. And for most of my er, uh, early years, my dad was gone for like three to six months at a time. So he was like, you know, when he was back, he was engaged and, you know, like, but he was gone for a lot. And I just, I wanted something different for my kiddo. I wanted to be a lot more involved. Uh, And I also, uh, you know, I'm a fan of brain science. Mm-hmm. And a lot, there's a lot of studies that have shown the first three years, the, the brain is like, a, it's so, it's 80% of the brain connections are made in those first three years. Yeah. And it really has a, a 
major impact as far as we can tell on the the, the later years. Uh, and we can say whether or not this is for better or for worse, but being around me for the first couple years, <laughs> she's definitely a weirdo. Um, point being is that I was I was there and we we were very lucky that we lived, we're here in Dallas, Texas, but we lived very close to downtown. I mean, I was maybe 10 minutes from downtown. And I think one of the interesting things that happens when you become a parent, especially living in a, a, a bigger city, all of a sudden the city, it's like a it's like playing a video game and all of a sudden all this other stuff is unlocked and you're like, yep. I didn't there's so many parks here. Like I had no idea. Look at all these playgrounds. Totally. Like, they're everywhere. And it's just like nothing you hadn't you just didn't even see it before because it wasn't in your purview. And now you're looking. And we lived um uh maybe five minutes from a really amazing uh, science museum. So once she was of age, I was able to take her to that. So the first few years I worked on the movie, it was me and the kiddo, uh, my daughter, like, and we would go out and do things and, you know, almost daily, like I said, two to three times a week, we'd be going to the science museum and they had like one thing for babies at yep. first. And she grew up, I mean, it was a point in this, you know, after a couple of years, like they, like the staff knew who she, her name like by name oh, that's so awesome. so like you know so she got a lot of involvement so it was like it was very different from my upbringing depending on your household and i hold no um gender norms is the way things got to be obviously because i was totally willing to be a yep. primary parent um as my wife took on the 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 primary breadwinner situation during that period of time, you know, we went down to one income and, and that role has since reversed a little bit uh, in the sense that like, um, I, you know, I'm a, a significant breadwinner at this point, you know, um, and she works as well. She's a counselor at, at, a, at a school. So like, um, but what I mean is like for that period of time, I would, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say swallowed the pride because I was working on a project, you know, but it was kind of those things like, I don't give a crap about, I want to be home with the kiddo. Yeah. Well, you, you know what you I mean? Had, you had what I would consider like, uh, um, even sort of to this day, like a, a more uncommon experience, right. A, a not, or not right. as common experience. Like it's not that it's totally rare or unheard of, but more it, common it, now. Yep. I think that's I become a lot more common now than it had been in the past. Like For Mr. Sure. Mom, they're like that, there's a movie. It was yeah. so crazy that a dad would stay home with the kids. We're gonna make a movie about it. I know. It. I you know. know what I mean? Like, like, and nothing against that movie. I think it's an adorable movie. Uh, my other favorite part is the Japanese guys that come to take over the factory because there was this big fear at the time that Japan was gonna take over like everything. And so they're yeah. like, like the bad guys that get yeah. fired. So, and now- Hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, I do that a lot, but uh, well, no, but, yeah. but but you did have that unique experience, and I'm curious because this is your, you know, at that time, your new dad. When you take that on, were you kind of nervous about that? Like, did you feel kind of ready? And and maybe I'll connect it back to something that you um, talked about earlier. You were like, you know, you just have to give a shit. Like that's like the one criteria for for being a rad dad, or or at least like a foundational criteria. You just have to give a shit. Like, does that come naturally? Is that something you have to work at? A little bit of both? What do you think? I mean, uh, for me, it like I there's it's so cliche 
just talk about how once you have a kid and you you know touch your child or see them for the first time how everything changes dude it does mm-hmm. like like i mean it didn't stop me from wanting to make movies or wanting to make music or or any of those kind of things it's it's like uh i think it's um there's that uh the drunk tank song i think no fewest for name covered it and it's like oh, yeah yeah uh, you, fairy like, tale of new york you, like yeah like you take like you combine your what's important to you it's not like oh kiddo came i don't care about music anymore i don't care about my own desires anymore everything's about the kid like no it becomes part of what like of course i'm gonna give a shit like this is also important like it's like um it's like and i i'm not equating the same the two but like the i was making a movie the movie's important to me you know it's important and it's it's an important thing that I want to make. And I wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it because it was something important. And so and it's hard. And it's, it's, it's once again, coming back, it's something you give a shit about it, you know? Yep. And when the kiddo comes, you're like, Oh, okay, I gotta, you know, you want, I mean, it, I don't know. I can't speak for other dads. I just like, I want to, I, it's not like a matter of like, Oh, now I have to do this. This is my obligation. It's like, it's I want gift. to do this. It's like, yeah. it's, in, it's inherent in like, of course yeah. I do. You know, and, and I'm not saying like every time it's easy and it's always fun and, you know, blowouts and diapers and all that shit is like shitty, but it's like, you know, like uh, bands that go on tour. And I'm not, once again, I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm just saying it's when you give a shit about something, yep. you inherently care about it. And you, so you're like, I mean, <laughs> if you don't give a shit about making music and you don't give a shit about going on tour, like being on tour is awful. You know, of course, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's like these little moments of joy and maybe I can't equate the two, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not saying it's not awful. Being a dad is not awful. I just mean that there's moments that it sucks. Like there are parts that are not as the part, the thing that you have to do isn't fun, but the thing that you're doing, you care about. Yeah. And it's part of what, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's a no brainer. It's like, of course, you know, I'm going to do this. Like, Oh yeah, I have to, I want to, I want to make movies. How do I make movies? and make sure my daughter has can go to college you know what i mean yep. how like like you're like it's it's in the mix yep like of what you're trying to do and it's not like this separate thing i will say it's like a little bold to make my first movie and have the first kid there's two like things i had no idea how to do going into them and who knows if i do now <laughs> um that's to be debated uh but um i mean i like being a dad i it's it's uh, like i i like it it's cool it's you know this uh this little person is you know i I know you probably had this experience with your kiddos like it reflects back the best things about yourself and the worst things about yourself and you see them clear as day and you're like oh that's what people don't like about me because i don't like this part of my child right now like, totally. like why are you so mean like am i mean to people like this uh <laughs> yeah well yeah because they they pick up you know they're watching you all the time too which is so interesting And you talked about those first few years like um i was i had the opportunity to be home with my second daughter nora awesome. um yeah for but for three months and so it was just like my wife to be honest you know our second child she, you know, went through nine months of the mat leave. And basically she was just like, Brett, I need to go back to work. Like I'm, I'm done with this right now. Like not, not like she didn't want to be around 
baby or whatever, but it just been a couple years being at home with the kids for quite a while. And she was just ready to, to do that. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like I, I will take that opportunity on. Cause to me, when I, when I look back now, like it was some of the best time of my life. Was, Dude, it's not, so cool. Not easy, right? Not easy by no, any stretch easy. of the imagination. But um, just like you said, like going going to museums or, you know, I, I learned all the different programs at the different libraries and like I never would have known about that before. And, oh, you know, right. we just, just walking, walking around with the kiddo being yeah. like, say hi, say yep. hello, you know, yep. it's, you know, just, just introducing them to things. Yep. Like I remember like uh, I would take my daughter to school a lot once we got to that phase and uh, you know we play different all different kind of music thank you know thank goodness for spotify and having the world's music at your fingertips mm-hmm. and, and you know you know get to show her all different kind of stuff you know you know and not forcing anything in particular just saying oh this is paul simon oh like this is no effects like oh this is this that you know yep um and having an influence on who this person is going to be, but yeah, no, but what you said earlier, like, do they pick up on all the stuff? They pick up on all of it. And it's, uh, and like I said, it makes you clearly see yourself in a way that I don't think is possible. I mean, you know, I I would say that most of the people listening to this likely are dads. uh, But the, I just hear people say like, oh, I don't want kids. It's this, that, and the other. And, and once again, it's a huge responsibility. So no one should take kids on, uh, uh, you know, just because they feel like social pressure too. Yeah. But like, I'm like, dude, you should like, and I can say this and, and let me preface this as well. It's easy, it's easy for me to say I've enjoyed it because my daughter has been, you know, relatively free of any medical, mm-hmm. major medical issues or any, uh, you know, uh, mental issues, social, like socialization issues that are, you know, it, it, everyone's experiences are very different. And I would never pretend like, why don't you want to be a parent? It's great. But like, everyone's experience is different. Yep. Um, but man, I just, it, there's nothing like it. There's like nothing like it. And it's, it's, uh, it sounds so for people who don't have kids, it sounds like you're being, um, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? um like you're uh um, like like you're, like you're talking down at them or you're like oh, so much yeah. better than them it's like you don't know until you cross that line yep. you can't know it's impossible to know and you know the people who say oh i have i have animals and i mean there's a it's like a it's like a, a slight flavor of it yeah it's caring for this other thing yep. and yep. having a personality but it's not the same it's just not the same you don't see yourself reflected in an animal the same way you see no. yourself reflected and not just yourself, but your significant other, you know, the, per, you know, the, the, the other person, you see that person come out and it's just, a, it's, it's such an interesting experience um, from just like, if you take a step back from the personal side of it, it's just interesting. It, like it's totally. wildly interesting. Um, and there's no way you can experience that unless you, you know, end up being a parent at some at some point. It's really cool. Um, I don't want to make this sound like, you know, it's like a work project or something, but it is really cool um, to have that responsibility. I feel like to like y- you are responsible for something so important now and so amazing, you know, like it just and every step of the way, like it's hard, it's hard work, but you get this feedback that's just incredible. Like you you get to see 
what you put in sort of come out too, right? And um, I'll, mm. I'll share something. It's just kind of making me think of this. KJ Jansen from Chicks Dig It was on the podcast. And something that he said that really stuck with me is like, when you become a parent, like you're going to experience 10 times the negative feelings that you've ever experienced before, you know, the sadness and the frustration and all those things 10 times, but you're going to experience 10,000 times the, the positive feelings, the joy and, you know, love and all those things. And so, um, yeah, it's hard, but it is, it, well, it can you, be you so to, rewarding. And you get to send this little person out into the world, yeah. hopefully with some kind of, you know, baseline, you know, because like you want them to do whatever they are going to do themselves, you know, and yep. be their own person. But you hope that like you establish some kind of like, this is how you treat people, and like, so you're sending this person to the world, and hopefully they're somebody that's going to have a positive, uh, you know, uh, influence at some level in someone's life around the world, you know, and yep. as they go into the world and and bump into other uh, people, and um, and that's exciting too to see them interact with other people and see, you know. Uh, when they do bring other people joy. And it's also frustrating and disappointing when you see them bring other people discomfort or, you know, or when they're not acting right, you know, because not every kid mm -hmm. is perfect. And, you know, and it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a, a big responsibility. I tend to not think of it like in such heavy, like, like I, if that makes sense, like, yeah. like oh man, there's such a, deeper it's it's just it's it feels like the caring part is like oh yeah this is what we gotta do you know yeah what, what you do what no you do? i totally it's agree. not like it's not like this is uh, oh my gosh this, this burden like yep. like it's not a burden it's like it's like oh, okay yeah this is what we're gonna do you know like i want to make sure she's okay and and you know, especially if you have a partner that is uh you know smart and then equally uh you know engaged and um you know then it's it's tough. I really, I, 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 you know, I got the one kiddo. Um, I just don't know how single moms mm -hmm. or single parents, you know, just single dads as well. Like, uh, that's really hard, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think of the division of labor that we have, like in just the morning routines where, you know, I have certain things that I'm helping get ready. And my wife has certain things she's doing and, like it's like a team effort, you know, yeah. and like, and the times where I've had to do it all by myself, you know, uh, it's not that I can't do it. I mean, clearly I'm just like, man, this is a lot, you know, yeah. it's like, I have a lot of respect for the single dads and single moms out there. Cause it's to be able to have to play both roles and not have someone to hand things off to. And, you know, say, Hey, let's divide up this tat, these, all these little, cause a lot yeah. of, like being a parent isn't like the the things themselves aren't hard. <laughs> like getting dressed is not hard. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. But getting a you know eight nine year old up out of bed dressed in a timely manner can be challenging. Totally, you know what I mean. You know, especially if you have to get ready and you're you know doing trying to do all these other things. And so, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I think well, it's a. Uh, Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you think about like the old um the the old adage like it takes a village. I like I as time goes on, I'm really starting to understand what that means and and um the importance of that because it, it's the same thing for me. Amazing partner, and you know, we communicate well and you know, we try to 
get the kids out the door and at school and time and all that kind of stuff. Like, and it's not easy. Right. But like, we're even starting to like lean on our community more. Um, you know, our oh, friends, yeah. we, I our lean family, on, I like, lean on my, uh, my father-in-law. I yeah. mean, just yesterday I had, I was driving and I had a, a rock or something hit me, chip my windshield. So then I had to have a company come do a repair. Mm-hmm. Luckily it was repairable. But the time they could come is exactly when I needed to be picking up my wife and daughter. Like it's like the only window they had, you know. So I was able to call my father-in-law and say, "Hey, could you? Would you be able to swing by and pick them up?" And and he would. And he would. I mean, yeah. that that these little logistical things um, become. And I, you know, to speak of community, like um, my good friend that I've been in bands with for a long time, and. And uh, we've been like good friends for like 25 years and our kiddos are around the same age or within a year of each other. Like there was a time we had a date, you know, my wife had a date and we had done a babysitter thing and we had a babysitter canceled two days before. So we got another one. And then an hour before it was just to go out. The, uh, the other babysitter oh. canceled. And I was like, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like, what do we do to cancel our thing? You know, and you know, um, but I called my buddy or texted him and I was like, Hey, are you home? <laughs> Cause I, I wouldn't normally do this, but like, and he was like, uh, yeah. Cause he was, he's, he's recently divorced. And so he's doing like a little bit of a single dad thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's like, please, can she come over and stay? Cause then she'll play with the kiddo and I can have a night, yep. just, you know, observing instead of having to participate. Yeah. And it really worked out, you know, that night worked out. And he's like, yeah. And so like several times now, he's like, hey, he, I think last weekend, he was like, hey, the kiddo really needs to have, you know, a play with a kid, you know, really yep. wanting to have yep. some, it, could Tessa come play over and yep. spend the night? And we're like, yes. yes. For sure. Anytime, yes. Because now we're going out. <laughs> you know, it gives us the opportunity to go out. And that's because now, so me and my wife can spend time together. And it's because of my buddy and it helps him out. Yep. you know, as a parent and, and those, those little things are huge. Yeah. Those little things are huge. And uh, like it's family community and friends and uh, like, it does take a village. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, the time we live in is terrible and blah, blah. I mean, objectively, it's one of the best times to be alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, objectively i mean there's like been a never been a never better time to be alive now i could change in a drop of a hat but as of right now it's one of the best times to be alive yeah. as human beings i i do think that and and it really depends on where you are in the country in the in the world and things like yeah. that but at least where i am there is not a strong sense of neighborhood community yep yeah. You know what I mean? And like I like I said, that depends on where you're at and things can be different. But I don't feel that as much. I mean, when I when I was growing up, like all the other parents would kind of be looking out for the kids and mm-hmm. you would, you know, you'd we'd go out and it sounds old fuddy duddy kind of stuff. But I mean, it depends on where you're like I said, where you raised all that stuff. We were we would go I mean, we were gone all day in yep, the neighborhood. Me too. You know what I mean? Like all day. And I, my parents wouldn't see me for the whole day, and, but other parents would see us, you know what I mean? Yep. And so there was this kind of like accountability. And like I said, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't mean to be saying that never happens, but it just, it feels like that's not as prevalent as it used to be. 
or at least in my at least where i'm at no i agree and i think i think like our world has moved to to um like our society is sort of rewarding um being cut off almost like everybody's just in their phones and you know they don't want to communicate like no one wants to make a phone call it's just text me if you need to get a hold of me like don't come to my door and and so i do think that like um creates uh, a situation where a lot of families just kind of do their own thing or, or people just do their own thing and they're just all about me and that like that's fine too sometimes but as your kids get older you start to realize how important it is to like know that there's people out there watching out for your kid or you know keeping an eye out for your kid or you know if if our neighbors need help that they know they can come to us or vice versa or you know and right like i would say okay so we live in this neighborhood um and we've lived here for uh like almost 13 years or something like that and until we had kids we didn't talk to anybody like i'm talking nobody like we didn't we would wave to our neighbor or whatever, like next door, that was it. But we weren't like getting yeah. to anybody on the street because who cares? You know, we're just doing our thing. Like we don't need any more friends, whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and we're at our quota for friends. Well, yeah. Like it sounds like a, a dick thing to say, but, but that's, I, I just mean like, we just didn't even see the value in it. Right. Like, right. Who cares about our neighbors? Like who cares? Right. And then when you have kids and you know, they start to go to school and you start to realize that like, man, I need the help of all these other people and they need me too. And like, if we kind of work together, like everybody does better. And maybe that's kind of like a commie, you know, a little commie part of me coming out here, but I I wouldn't say commie. That's the, I mean, it's the community here. I'm not a communist per se, but I am a communityist. Yep. Well, that's exactly how I feel too. You know, like, it's like, no, I mean, that's, I think that's how the whole thing is supposed to work. I don't think, like, I mean, we are, you know, a creature that we're tribal. And I don't mean that in the, you know, like the political sense. I mean that in like, we are tribal. We're like, we, we, we. We're in groups. We go in groups, and I, I what I think of is like it was on Netflix for a while. This or it still is probably. They have this uh, show. It's it, it's in Japan, and it's uh, it's like on my own or something like that. And it's like two and three year old kids going and going to the grocery store. Two and three. I mean, two and three year old kids. Crazy. I'm serious. Going no, going on the subway going to a store, going across the street, you know, like going to the shop, buying things and bringing it back to the house. And you're like, how does this happen? Like, what is happening? It's just because there's, you know, the culture there is different. And there's a real strong sense that everyone, it's like, no one's going to hurt that kid. Everyone's going to make sure that kid's going where they need to go, you know? And, And it can happen because that's built into the culture. And I think, you know, I know you're up there in Canada, but like the American kind of thing is that that like you know staunch individualism, and I, I like I do it. I like I'm all you know. I think having individualism is a good you know good thing. Having a strong sense of identity and of course. those things are important. And you know uh, there is a there is a balance that I think. And like, once again, there's different communities around the world. So I'm only speaking my experience, Mm -hmm. but uh, it feels like 
I know that's you, that that wouldn't happen here. You can't like you could never send a two or three year old. You know, uh, one the car situation here, especially yeah. here in Texas, is the roads are just they're just not. I mean, it's dangerous for a adult human to traverse. You know, walking around, much less a child. Uh, which you know, um, and not because and I, also this whole thing like people don't steal kids. People don't take kids. It's just not a thing. It's just not a thing that really actually happens. And I'm not saying it never happens, but it's just so extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, m- like it's if you look into child abductions here in the United States, like, yeah, they happen. And it's like, it's like something like 98% of them are from somebody that they know. You know, it's like a like a family member or, right. you know, a friend of the family. So this, this thing where somebody just abducts a kid is, once like again. opportunistically. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. take a kid from, from like the park or, or things like that. I'm not saying it never happens, but it statistically is so rare. It's yeah. not something that most people need to worry about. Yeah. Most, most communities will look out for a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that is a bummer right now is that if someone were to see a kid on their own, rather than providing assistance and making sure they're okay. And I'm not saying that once again, that does never happen. But the instinct is to call the police. Mm-hmm. The instant, the instinct is to call, you know, uh, you know, or if the parents aren't there, they're they're negligent or, yeah. or something like child that. Child family services or whatever. Right, child protective yeah. services, and it's like, oh, they're negligent, you know. And it, it, rather than you know, like figuring out what's going on first and yeah. seeing if you can help and making sure that kids, you know, check in with the kid. Are they, are they, are they, are they lost? Are they good? Like, Oh, I know where I'm going. Or like, no, can you help me? You know? Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to do that whole fuddy duddy thing. Like, Oh, things should be better. Um, I just know that I would like it. Like if my daughter was out, if someone was kind of keep, you know, you know, it just as a, a thing. You are you good? Are you okay? You know where you need? Okay, good, good. Okay, good. Um, totally. What, Sean? What's changed that, about you since becoming a parent? Has anything changed? That's a good question. What has changed? I mean, it's hard to delineate the changes from having a child from all the other changes that happen as you grow older. You know, yep. it's like. Um, I mean, what's changed is your priorities, you know, like kind of saying mm-hmm. before is like when the calculations of the things you want to do, like the, um, I find it to be of value to be home and do the family stuff. So I'll take the kiddo to the birthday parties. And so, uh, you know, those are those kind of, those kind of things like prioritize, you know, putting those things in the, in the, in the things of, things that are important to be done, if that makes sense. Um, so what I do changed, but it's also, we got older. <laughs> so it's, yep. Yep. It's like, it's like, I'm older, but also, cause like, uh, I would say it is harder and it's starting to change now because of all the spend the nights. What changed was getting to go out to movies mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. you know, it's just cause the logistics become, uh, it's just like, okay, let's just go during the day when my father-in-law is here, you know, like rather than trying to go out at night, you know? Yep. So like kind of like how I think about going out to things or movies or those kind of things change. Um, you know, what you go out and get to do 
shifts a little bit. But like, but now the eight and nine, as they go to overnight things and they start spending the night and having these other things that that has started. I mean, in the last couple of years, that's really returned in a big way where mm-hmm. me and my wife are going out and doing stuff regularly now um, at sometimes, at, you know, at night and, you know, getting the where we have the house to ourselves, you know, overnight yeah. and, you know, can, can, uh, you know, yeah. um, Making... have a little non kid time, if that yeah. makes sense with, you know, uh, not having to worry about sounds or doors opening or anything like that. So like, which gives you a certain level of comfort, when you're you know being intimate and things like that you know yeah. and not just being intimate like sexually just being intimate and yeah. uh you know and like a different kind of way you know you get your living room back uh, yeah. like well you talked uh, about like um how having kids like kind of fits into the whole process like it doesn't make any of those other things go away i mean maybe it does maybe you make a conscious decision that like you know i don't care about making movies anymore so i'm just going to leave that behind some people do right like some people are like yeah well i'm i don't have time to play rec hockey anymore i'm not going to do that um but you know your relationship with your partner is one of those pieces of the puzzle that like it's easy to like shift it down the ladder and and maybe appropriate to shift it down the ladder oh, it, it, i think it does while, right yeah it does it, it shifts it definitely because your priorities are different for a little bit and you're also your energy yeah you know as you know like it's like doing all this stuff it's it's it, it's a it's a big energy yeah uh, you have to put a lot of energy and that comes back to giving a shit like yeah. uh giving it shit is effort to me yeah. i mean I, I it's i'm saying as a blanket statement but it's effort you know and effort is uh you know within a given day there's probably only so much effort that you can expel and you know early on as they're having to like you have to put their shoes on them and you have to like really kind of you know be handling almost every single aspect that's energy that's and as they get older they can dress themselves and they can yep. do these things so that energy is not you know is not being utilized so just you you have more time to put effort into other things to fill and your battery why, like, in. yeah yeah and so like i mean that's what's so interesting about this time and at this age um at the eight or nine you know for us like uh, especially having the one child um it's it so that that's shifting so that changed but now it's i mean it's different but it's changing again it's an it's it's evolving i think it's a an evolution i think but i think it's like any kind of big life-changing thing right that you you know when you get married i mean for for us when we got married or you take on a partner whether or not you get married or not but when you commit to a partner for Mm-hmm. uh for life and you make them integrate them into when you integrate yourselves in each other's lives lots of things those that there was lots of changes there you know um so i think that's but that's once again that if you care and, and if you want to you know you know um then you're going to nurture so, those those aspects right and and just like you're yeah, talking about like, your your films you have to devote the time and you have to give a shit about about your project yeah and you have to care success. about yourself too you know yep. this is a thing where uh for a while my wife was not really going out and uh cultivating some friendships and i, cause I always told her I was like hey i'll i'll stay home and watch the kiddo you you should go out and she she has since done that a lot more and because i was like you got you can't just be a mom you know what i mean 
Yep. And you can't just be a te- you know, a counselor. You you have to be Jenny, you know. And I have like I can't just be a dad, and I can't just be. I have to be, uh, you know, Sean, and have relationships that I cultivate with certain friendships and things like that, and have those. You know, those things I think are important to be a well-rounded human being. I, I, those people are like, my whole life is my kid. I was like, well, then you're doing a disservice to your kid. Yeah. You need to, like, if your whole life is just your kid, and I'm not saying you shouldn't devote yourself to your children. I just mean that when you start erasing your own identity and your whole identity of just being a parent, and once again, I think it's, I think that you, kids can see that, totally. you know? And they can see that, like, oh, you have this, uh, like these other things. So I do the Uber and Lyft thing, right? And uh, I can, this actually has to do with the kiddo, like how I got into it. So I was, uh, so I'll tell this story real quick. If you sure. Don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I was working on the movie and the kiddo came halfway through. So a good chunk of the, while I was making the movie and editing and getting that stuff together, I was just doing that. Like the kiddo. And the movie, those are two yep. things I was doing, not, not generating much income. And then like the movie was finished. It came out. There was a, you know, uh, we were able to fill the movie, license it out. So there was a, a, a recoup of some of the money that I had spent. So that money came back. So that was nice. And when you're making, well, at least with documentaries, like the beginning is kind of sparse. So you're like doing some interviews and setting things up and emailing but at the end it's hardcore editing where it's like mm-hmm. hours at a time editing and it's really dedicated time but after the movie's done it goes back to that more sparse where you're like emailing and doing marketing and promotion and it's something you can do that's a little more looser if that makes sense yep and so like what happened was like um uh our daughter is about the two and a half i think about two and a half she's about two and I'm starting to realize she's getting a little weird. She's not hanging out with other kids. And it, like, she's going to need to like start developing social skills and mm-hmm. dealing with like someone not a primary parent or a grandparent or, you know. And so um, we put her in this little thing called Tinker Garden. And it's like this thing where they go out into like nature and they deal with mud and they build little things. And yeah, it's cool. a real like cool thing. And one of the little girls there was only like three or four months older than our daughter and her speech was excellent. And she was potty trained already. And we're like, what'd you do? Cause we were in that potty training process, you know, and it, yep. was, it was going, but it hadn't, you know, fully uh, locked in yet. And like, Oh, we sent her this, this, um, this, um, this preschool daycare preschool kind of thing. And it's really great. And I started talking to my wife. I was like, well, you know, because we're at that point on a budget on a, on a like a, a, a like a, 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 a one income budget at that point yep. Yep. We, had, we had got we had gotten everything where everything was working but we couldn't really increase it any expenditures too much where, where we were at and what happened was um we found a school we really liked it and it was only like 150 bucks a week and which you know that's not no money but that's not very much you know yep. it was very reasonable and so I, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I'm home. We live near downtown. I bet if I did Uber or Lyft, because we live next to where bars are, like yeah. next to everything. I was like, I bet I can make $150. You know what I mean? Like 150 like I'm sure I can yeah. make 150 in a week and it wouldn't be a detriment. And I'm not really doing much now anyway, promoting the movie, but it's real like, you know, I have a lot of time on my hands. So I tried it and I made like $800 that first week. 
Holy shit. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is actually legit money. And like, so I kept kept doing it. And then eventually we had enough to put down money on a condo. So we bought a condo and awesome. Like I ended up uh being near the airport here uh, where a condo is, and which ended up being a very lucrative area for that. And I started doing it. Um I upgraded my cars to luxury cars. So I got like some real nice, fancy, you know, black Lexus, but you make more, you make the most money right. with those things. So I like, so I make decent money with it and it gives me a lot of flexibility, kept me able to make the movies. I'm working on this podcast documentary called age of audio. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, the new project. But, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. Um, but before that, I started working on this movie. Um, a lot of the people listening might know a Wilhelm scream, the band of Wilhelm scream. Uh, We've been. I, I started working on a documentary with them, uh, and it's about what it takes to be a modern day working class creative. So it's not necessarily just about the band. We don't. It's not really. A, it's not really about the music as much. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we talk about that, but really, it's more about their support systems, kind of what we were talking about—the friends, family, the community. Yeah. And uh, while we were shooting that, I was able to use Lyft. Like I, when we were, we were at, went up to New Bedford, where they're at, yeah. um, and I was able to, like, we were there for like three weeks. And in the mornings, I would go and do Lyft because I could do you can do it almost anywhere. I've done Lyft and because of making documentaries, I've done it in California. I've done it in New Jersey, like up in Detroit, like all like uh, all different kind of places because it allowed me to just do it wherever. Yeah. We've been able to go down to South Florida where my folks are and stay there for like a couple months because then I can just drive while I'm down there. And I don't make as much as I would make here, but I'm able to like, you know, offset those things. So it's been a, a big help. Um, but so that movie's still in process because another movie kind of came in and kind of uh, like, I don't want to say push it aside, but really kind of was, um, uh, how do I say this? It, it kind of dominated because it, it, it's just had it's more kind of a bigger. Or? Well, it's not just momentum, but like, it's one of those things, like if I didn't jump on, on it, uh, I would be missing out on a massive opportunity. Right. So I didn't mean to try and make movie, two movies at the same time. Cause I started the Wilhelm one and then within a year, some things happened. Like uh, for instance, uh, why I was making the Wilhelm doc, it's called a uh, anchor end. It's gonna yeah, be called anchor that end. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anchor That's ends. Cool. Cause it's about, it's about all the, anchors seem to hold us, you know, keep us tethered, you know, in a good way to our, you know, community and all this kind of thing. Cool. Uh, but while we were filming in Brooklyn with them at a show, Propagandi was playing and we wanted to go to the show and the band Heart Sounds was opening up for them. And I don't know how many people know this, but uh, Ben from Heart Sounds, his uncle is Ira Glass. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. From So, uh, and he, and he's really good with friends with Wilhelm. I think he's actually playing guitar for, on tour with them a lot now these days. And they're real good friends. So he was around. And when we were on our way to New York, uh, he was like, hey, would you guys film? Because we we're going to go to that propaganda show. He's like, would you film our opening, you know, our, our set? You know, the camera, since you're going to be there. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. We, I bought tickets, but if you can get us into the show, that'll work out great. And on our way there, he was like, hey, my uncle's going to come to the show. My uncle being Ira Glass. Yeah. So I ended up going to 
we went to the show and I ended up hanging out with Ira Glass at a propaganda show. No way. Isn't that crazy? I have pictures. I have pictures. Uh, and me and him chatted a lot. We, I told him about the movie we were working on. And we, he actually came, Wilhelm was playing that night, like a like, little after propaganda. So like we all went to the Wilhelm show so we could film. And uh, Ira went to the Wilhelm show as well. So he went and watched Wilhelm screenplay. Uh, oh yeah, isn't that crazy? So uh, I also, as I was on the same tour of, you know, this filming tour, you know, we were kind of gone. Um, uh, I, we were in Washington and I met up with this guy, Dallas Taylor, who does this podcast called 20,000 Hertz. And it's all about sound. If you haven't listened to it, you totally should. It's amazing. It's really, it's like This American Life or not even This American Life. It's just, it tells a story of sound and it's in all the different kind of like the the swoosh from the Netflix thing or uh, the the way that cartoon sounds were done and all this kind of stuff. It's really amazing. You should watch. But they did an episode on the Wilhelm scream, right? Yeah. So I asked to do an interview with him and he's like, yeah, sure. Because I was kind of, fit a little mini documentary about the Wilhelm scream into the Wilhelm scream doc, you know, you know kind of fit. And as we got started talking, we both uh, realized that we knew this guy, Roman Mars from the podcast, 99% invisible. And he had actually done the pull quote on the back of the a fat wreck documentary, um, but Blu-ray. And so I knew him and I was talking to Dallas and he's like, okay, it's like, you know, Roman, right? And you just hung out with Ira Glass at a punk rock show. Why aren't you making a podcast documentary? And I was like, do you cuss on this show? Do we cuss? Do we cuss? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go for oh. it. I, I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. Why did you just say that to me? <laughs> you should put that into the world. Like, I have to do that. Yeah. Like, and kind of what I said before about the Fat Wreck documentary, I found myself in a unique position to do it. Once again, I found myself in this unique position. And um, so I kind of put that in my back pocket. But the next month or so, I think I was at South by Southwest. I live here in Dallas. So I go down to South by pretty regularly because it's and actually what I'll do is I'll in the last few years, I've driven Lyft down there yeah, because I can offset my cost of being there. And then if anything comes up, a party or meet, run into somebody cool and they're like, hey, come, to, I can just go yep. with them. You know what I mean? I can stop. So um, I ran into my sales agent, the sales agent from a fat wreck, the guy who got us our deal. And um, uh, he's a really cool guy. We're good friends at this point. Um, his name's Jeff. Um, and he's like a Hollywood guy. So he like does Hollywood movies and knows all those people in those spaces. And uh, when we were hanging out at South by, he was like, hey, uh, what have you got any other projects you're working on? You know, um, and I was like, oh, I got this anchor. It was called anchor at the time, but I got this documentary about this Wilhelm scream stuff. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, actually, like I'm thinking about doing this podcast documentary. This guy Roman said he would do it, and I ran into Ira Glass at this thing. He's like, dude, I could get money for that. That's something I could get money for. Like podcasting is like in the zeitgeist and it's like, that's yeah. a thing that people will latch onto. And he wasn't being dismissive about the other movie. It's just like, you know, it, it's like, there's certain things that, you know, are going to. There's the economics of 
Yeah, of the whole thing. Right, and and, and that other movie, I think, is gonna, it's going to be amazing when it comes out. I think it's like I, like, but it's a different thing, you know. That like, and like I said, my primary motivation of making stuff isn't a profit motive. It's like, am I interested in it? Like, can some, you know? Um, so he's like, yeah, I can probably, I, I should be able to get money for that, you know. And um, the next day at South by was the PRX meetup like PRX, like Radiotopia, like a bunch of big shows. Yeah. And I basically went into that meetup with knowing Roman. I had reached out to Roman by this point and he said, yes, I didn't reach out to Ira. I was going to wait till things were more, uh, had progressed more. And uh, I walked into that thing with the, all the confidence of the world because like Roman said he would do it. And I, my executive producer said he could get money for it. Uh, and I pitched within 20 minutes, like iHeartRadio, at the time, Stitcher, yep. some of the people that were there from Stitcher, uh, um, Julie uh, Shapiro from PRX was there. And she knows Roman real well. And I just pretty much dropped Roman's name and everyone was like, yeah, I'll do that. Here's my number. Who do you need to get in contact with? Like, yeah, we're, oh, this sounds like a great idea. Awesome. You know? And so like, um, at that point I had to start making the movie um, because like I had gotten the yeses yeah the money took a lot a lot longer to get but so it's kind of that situation where like do i just sit on it you know what i mean here i have a bunch of yeses a bunch of people who are excited about it i have a potential uh you know executive producer thinks he can get some money for it um so it's like one of those things you can't sit on it you know like my thing with making documentaries and this is what i did with the fat wreck document i did not know it was going to be a a big thing i uh i basically um had to uh make the choice to make two documentaries at the same time yeah uh and so what i did is like i reached out to roman i was like hey can we film anything because i i like filming once you've started filming something you're making the thing and then it's harder especially if you kind of within certain spaces say oh there's a documentary being made about podcasting about the podcast industry and by the way i just want to point out that there are actually two other podcast documentaries but they're all pre-serial and they're all ones these two comedians called uh earbuds and it's a little self-serving but they kind of went around and found their fans of their podcast and talked to them and but the beginning of the movie is like what's what's a like they're asking people do you know what a podcast is and people are like oh i don't know what that is and like there's hasn't been and the production value is kind of meh and there's another one about i can't remember the name off the top of my head but it's kind of like the south florida group of early early podcasters and it's really low relatively low budget and then so there's two that exist but not no one had done one about like what's what had happened or what's happening now with these massive where it had become this cultural thing the boom and i don't pretend that we're going to cover all of podcasting you know in the movie it really leans on the narrative side of but i had to do it like i mean if that makes sense yeah you have no choice right it's because if you were to just you get all that build that excitement and then like you don't reach out to those people for a year like they're gonna be like well is this guy even serious like exactly you you just gotta go so it's and then once you start to say that you're making something, then you're making it. Yeah. And other people may not, I mean, it doesn't always prevent it, but other people may not, especially like if I was getting access to someone like Ira Glass and I'm 
you know, within certain circles, you know, this some of the bigger, uh, more uh, prevalent people. So if you get those people within your thing, it makes it less likely that someone's going to make something exactly the same because they don't have to talk to those same exact people. Yes. And not those people won't talk to them, but it's just like, oh, oh, somebody's making that right now. So, um, so it's, it's, it's planting the flag. Yep. So I had to, and so we've been working on that for six years. <laughs> That's six years working on Age of Audio. Uh, yep. Anchor end is seven at this point. It's actually the we already completed filming a long time ago on that doc, and it's it's been in the editing phase for several years now, and for a host of reasons, um, it has it's not complete. But there's a two and a half hour cut that exists, so that movie's almost done. So what we're working on right now is getting Age of Audio out the door. Um, we're, I'm not sh- sure how often you post, but within relative, uh, time frame of this podcast, we should yep. have either launched or about to launch a crowdfunding oh, uh, campaign for, for age of audio, uh, is the name of the movie age of audio. And, uh, you, uh if anyone's interested, if you're, especially if you're a podcaster, we, you know, even though it's, it's really about. Uh, art versus commerce it's uh it's really highlights independent podcasting in a big way even though we have a lot of these big bigger podcasters it's really kind of the story of what the boom does uh, within the space of narrative podcasting but we talk um if you go online right now there's some uh trailer little thingies floating around about the word podcast and where it came from we talked to the the guy who invented podcasting, essentially, Adam Curry, the MTV VJ. We talked to um, Ben Hammersley. He's the guy who coined the term podcast, podcast yeah. um, which has a really cool little story behind it. Um, uh, so we're trying to get over the finish line. We have about an hour cut. We've been working on it for years. And uh, and and also the kind of the podcast boom has since had uh, it, its expansion and then uh, you know its contraction. Yep. Uh, and so we we we're, we we spoke to a lot of luminaries within that space. It's and it's fun. It's it's going to be you know if you saw Fat Wreck, you know kind of my sensibilities and the people that I work with sensibilities, which is it's, I mean, there's no puppets in this one. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. No like I, I think it's such a cool um, topic. Um, you know, when, when I talk to people and, and say, Oh yeah, I have a podcast. Like it's something, it's funny. Everybody knows kind of what, a, like they're aware of a podcast. They might even listen to a few podcasts, but they don't really understand like, how does it happen? Like, what, like, what is it all about? Like, you know, there's kind of this, uh, there's a culture and a community and, and there's all these different aspects now, like it kind of started as, as this, um, well, and I should let your movie tell the story, but, um, you know, no, 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 no. I, I, I feel like it's interesting that like the similarities of the subculture behind certain areas of podcasting and punk rock. There's like this, cause I think it's, it's, it's like this deep, it's, there's a real, hardcore diy spirit totally where it's like uh, anyone could do it it's like oh anyone can just pick up a guitar and start playing punk rock you know you don't have to know very many chords you don't have to be fully technical to do it um and there's people who do it to a technical level but you don't have to to do it yeah there's like an ethos in it because it's like and everyone can do it i do think what i'm trying to do with the movie 
one aspect of what I'm trying to do is pull back the curtain a little bit and show that no, this is there's a lot like yourself. Even though you're doing this thing on the side, you have you had to learn some of these technical things to be able to do the, and it's gotten easier over time. Mm-hmm. But you still have to have some kind of base technical experience to just get the thing hosted and online. And then you have the promotion side of it, and you have to make graphics for certain things. And now YouTube mm-hmm. is a part of it because you have to do the video part of it. And even as something as which someone would, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way. But this is a, more of a basic kind of podcast, like yep. two people talking to each other. And Long even this, you have to, that. you have to still like, like once we're done, I'm going to send you audio, and you're going to have to line that up. You have to know how to bring that audio in. You have to like align schedules, and uh, you know, getting me isn't too hard because I'm, uh, you know, just little filmmaker guy. But some of the people that you've gotten on your show. You're dealing with sometimes, uh, you know, a booking agent or their schedules. And so maybe you're to get somebody that you really think would be impactful for the show. You're, you know, navigating a a booking situation where you're maybe chasing someone for a year and sending emails on a regular, yep. but not, you don't want to be to bug somebody, but you have to be persistent. And yep. so like, it's not just throw up a microphone and talk. There's a, there's a, there's a whole like thing that's going on to bring this to someone and there's a what, what, kind of going back to what I said, there's effort, there's effort, you know, yep. there's a lot of effort that's involved in getting this to happen. And uh, I just think that the two are so, I, I, I my joke is like, uh, <laughs> uh, podcasting is like punk rock without the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or maybe without the, maybe without the drug use. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's not, it's not as, and I, I poke fun a little bit, but there's a lot more drinking and and alcohol and drug abuse that seems to happen in punk rock. And uh, I'm not, you know, throwing shade, but in but but podcasters tend to be a little more straight laced, but still have that DIY spirit and still yes. have that like when they meet other podcasters, like oh you got a podcast, oh it's you know oh that's yeah, cool. I'll help man. you out and like yeah, the, I I totally agree. I mean it's it's a it's a community. It's a culture, just like punk rock is, right? And that's and- uh, that's. Uh, I think that's what drew me to another aspect that drew me to it, is that I felt that similarity. Um, and once again, I was I felt like I was in a unique position. Uh, you know, we talked about talking about our kiddo. Like my daughter is is uh, fairly uh, you know normal in the sense that she doesn't have a lot of medical things. So I, I'm in a position where I can go do these things. I can leave. I have a wife that is willing to, you know, be a single parent for a month sometimes, yeah. you know, um, uh, because, you know, when I stayed home with the kiddo, it wasn't just so I could finish the movie. It's also so much my wife could continue with her career and continue to do what she was doing, you know, and she wasn't, you know, she wanted to continue doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've kind of talking about the age of age of audio. I think that the podcast podcasting it hasn't had its uh, documentary yet. You right. know, I, like and and uh, and I'm lucky and honored and take on you know this particular thing. Uh, also, it's like it's fun to meet your heroes. You know. That you know that sure. that's the other thing you know with, with the fat wreck I got to meet everybody that were my yeah. musical heroes you know um, like 
that's an amazing thing. And then same thing with like, so in that same way, like it's, it's like a thing that's big to some people, but not big to others. So it's still accessible, you know, yep. at, at yep. certain levels. So like, um, didn't get Conan. I tried to get Conan for the movie for yep. about a year and I was close, pretty close. I got Matt Gorley from his podcast. Oh, nice. Uh, 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 but I was not able to get the man himself. Um, which is, I mean, that's, you know, that's how, you know, how things go. Sometimes you try, you try stuff and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Conan's uh, I think he is going to regret it, but, he, but luckily he has a podcast that he talks about stuff. So I can just probably pull from interviews. Right. That's the other great thing about doing a podcast documentary. Almost everyone has been on a podcast talking about podcasting at some point. Yep. So even if I didn't, couldn't interview them directly, I can theoretically pull some type of audio of them talking about it oh and and all or they're podcasters so they're generally accessible and they also are good at talking right yeah right well and archiving all that stuff too like that audio that you're looking for it's usually high quality you've got uh you know people have their whole back catalog available it's available to you publicly most of the time right right? so it's it's brilliant brilliant. and and the people who love it the most tend to have an audience yeah so where they'll talk about it so if i do a good job on the movie and other podcasters see it they will probably talk about it on their podcast likely Perfect. you know what i mean uh that but once again that was not a the, the that is all stuff that like as you're thinking about it oh that could be helpful but yeah. it's not the impetus of making it. Uh, although I will tell you, we are going to make, uh, I've been working on it and hopefully I get done because we're going to have the crowdfunding coming up soon. We're going to do a, a trailer for the movie that's coming out soon, but it also is going to be an audio trailer. Awesome. So it's going to work. It's going to work on both. And we're going to do a thing where if podcasts put it in their show or in their feed, we're going to put them in a, like a special credit part of the movie. So they'll be included at a, you know, so they're, their podcast can be highlighted yep. and, and associated, uh, which I'm hoping uh, if we do the trailer good enough that people will put it in there, be willing to do so. So um, that's my hope. That's like uh, I have a marketing background. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, man, this is, you know, I, I for the last five six years, I've had that marketing part of the movie turned off because I'm been focused on story and yeah. you know you got to have a good make a good movie. And yeah, I, I, I would get foremost. little, I would get thoughts about like the potential marketing potential of the movie. And I'm like, no, no, no. Can't think about that yet. Later. Can't think about that. But now that we're doing the crowdfunding thing, oh man, I'm like, there's just awesome. so many different ways to do this. And I, I, I like, you know, the, the fact that you had me on uh, today to get to talk about it is amazing. I appreciate that. Also, I love talking. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, we, I love talking to you and I love talking to you that, I mean, this is awesome. I'm so stoked about your, your film. Um, I think it's a story that like, as a podcaster, I feel, um, you know, to know that story is being told, I think is, is really exciting to me, really important to me. Uh, You know, we'd obviously be happy to help in any way we can. Um, You know, you're going in the credits already, buddy. You're already going in the credits, bro. You already got that. Amazing. I'll put the logo, bro. I mean, I like that. That is easy. That's yeah, easy well, stuff. Well, yeah. I know. We can I'll, help. Happy you know, to as do I'm that. as I'm 
thinking about it, that's probably what I'm going to do. Like have a little section in the credits of everyone's like logos. Cause that's helpful for when people go look up the podcast, they have that visual associated yep. with it. So not, not just having the name. Um, no, I, I really want to like, you know, one thing that we did on the fat wreck documentary is before we made the movie, we did this thing where we did like, um, uh, kind of uh, more or less a competition for like punk rock bands to submit like a cover of a fat record song and the top rated ones we were going to put on a, a double disc vinyl, uh, which we did uh, after years of <laughs> trying to make like getting it to it was financially viable for me to do it. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, like the, that side. But on the other side, what it did was like, I was like, hey, make a thing and submit it and that and will you know you'll be on this vinyl and that'll be associated with the movie you know and so if you there's this band abracadabra and we said the top the band that had the most votes because we did like a voted online voting thing like they would their song would be in the movie you know yeah. what i mean and this band abracadabra they were like the ones that won they had this great no use for a name ska cover it's really great in the end credits it's really cool and I mean, as far as I know, they've still are like, hey, yeah, we were in this movie. And that's kind of a way that they've been able to like, you know, obviously their music and they have been promoting themselves. I'm not taking any credit for their success at all. Yeah. I just mean, it was a, another thing that kind of like, you know, got their music in front of more people and let yeah. people who weren't on the label participate. And that's something I'm hoping to do with this movie where we got a lot of these big names like Ira Glass and you know, radio lab and certain circles, that's real big. And Kevin Smith's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Fred Armis Fred Armisen makes a little appearance. Um uh very small, but just uh because he does an Ira Glass impression. Right. Um he he didn't do it for us, but I had him talk about it. Uh so but if we're able to then give some some uh, we'll probably release some more information later but we're gonna we're gonna have a way for podcasters to get a, a couple of them get their either their podcasts like say like on like a podcast player or some point in the movie or the name of their podcast shows up in the film like as a cool. part of like you know i want to be able to integrate independent podcasters into it uh and in fact we're we're one of the subjects that we're talking to uh is an independent podcaster and we're gonna, like, it's a, it's a narrative driven show. So it's yep. showing like all the different, but it's, we want to highlight that and show what happened to like, it, that is the lifeblood of podcasting. Right. The, these big podcasts are, you know, it's great. But if you even look right now at Spotify's strategy, they shifted, they moved away from these big contract deals and these big names and celebrities and they've shifted toward the smaller podcast and bringing yep. that up. And because you can make, uh, you could bring in, you know, a couple million people with Joe Rogan, but you might bring in tens of millions of people with 50 or 70 or 150 smaller podcasts. Yeah. Or maybe a thousand small or 10,000 smaller podcasts, if that makes sense. And if a, if a podcast has an audience of even 100 people, and and it's consistently a hundred people. Those hundred people give a massive shit about that podcast, and mm -hmm. that is their like you know what I mean. And that's it doesn't it's and, and so that's the thing. I see all these parallels to the punk rock thing, where like you can be in a punk rock band and be local and have like 
you know, 150 people that really love your band. Yep. And it's worth doing it. Now, are you going to be rich off of that? Are you going to get a lot of clout? But people keep doing it because there's a, a an audience that's showing up. Yep. And if it's 100 people that listen to your podcast every week, that's an, of those 100 people, that's an important part of their life. Yeah. You know, I listen to podcasts and the ones that I listen to, I listen to when they don't show up at the around the right time that I'm used to. I'm going on Twitter to make sure the host okay. Yeah. You know like you know yeah. what I'm talking about. It's like are you I haven't heard from you guys in a month. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. You know. Uh and I don't mean that cuz I'm mad that they didn't post. It's like, "Oh, I I feel the absence." You yeah. know what I mean? You feel the absence. And that and you know, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about the podcast. I do not have a podcast. I do not podcast. I am not a podcaster. I am. Well, you uh, should change that. No, (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, What I would like to do if we had a, if we had a wildly successful uh, crowdfunding campaign, one of the, one of the stretch goals that I'm thinking about doing is like, if, if we made, if it was enough money, then I could hire a podcaster to create an age of audio podcast. Yep series and then we could figure out what that is you know because i also have all these interviews that all of those interviews are not going to make it into the totally you know so there's lots of other things we could do as spinoffs of i can't think about those things because i have to think about the movie uh you know because it's already a massive undertaking but there's all these other areas you know who knows you know which would be fun to do (laughs) so so yeah you've got crowdfunding coming up right away so where how can people find the movie, follow the the progress of the movie and what's happening. Where's the best place to oh. find, find you? Bro. Marketing guy, right? AOA movie, age of audio movie, AOA movie. And that's everything. Okay. The website, TikTok, X, Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's all AOA movie. movie. If you go to AOA movie.com, you can see who's in it right away. Like you can, if you want to participate, if you're a podcaster, there's some links on there. If you want to like be a part, somehow contribute uh, as an independent podcaster to the movie, there's a, a, a Google form you can fill out and then we'll reach out, you know, and uh, as we, as that list grows, we'll figure out ways to integrate those people who s- have submitted their podcast. I want to make sure anyone who's submitted anything like uh, I haven't said this publicly, but, if someone submits to our form, they're likely going to go in a thank you in the credits. Cause to me, that's easy. And also I don't do sh- like when I do credits, I put content next to the credits so that people watch the credits. I, I, um, this is a kind of a little tangent, but there's this thing where like people like are down on Marvel movies. Cause they do the post credit scene yep. and they're like, why do you need this post credit scene? The movie's over. You know what? F you, anyone who doesn't like those post-credit scenes, people sit through the credits to get to that, yep. which means they may see that CGI designer's name pop up, and that yep. person worked on that movie, and that's a creator that is being seen because people stuck around. People stick around for the credits when you put something at the end. Yeah. And so if you've ever watched uh, A Fat Wreck, anyone here is A Fat Wreck, you got the uh, – uh, we have the uh, – the, uh, a sting, <laughs> literal sting, where that might get stung by a bee. Yep. It's one of my, dude, every time I, 
I laugh every time. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? It's like, sting me, sting me. What is it? A bee. <laughs> he, just, he, goes, he goes, a bee. <laughs> so, so funny. funny. Uh, but what I'm saying well, is like, point being is like, uh, sorry, my tangent. But my point being is like, if you go to the website, yep. you'll find out everything about the movie. There's jump off points to like all the social media. You go to our TikTok. I've been doing like daily up dailyish updates on what, what I'm doing. So you can find out if you're curious about that. I try to keep it down to a minute. So it's not like some kind of long winded thing like I am now. And, and like, we're trying to like get the word out. Um, you know, if you, if you're a rad dad, uh and you, and you have a podcast you should fill out the thing or if you're someone who wants to help out with the film there's a place you don't have to have a podcast you, you know there's a place to help out you know um uh, i think kind of talking about what we you're talking about community yep. is how all this stuff happens and i don't get to make this movie the way it needs to be done if, without engaging the community uh you know i will say just to anyone who has any doubts one i don't know what i'm doing so i should make that clear but two the first movie I made where I didn't know what I was doing, the puppets ended up in a museum. Right. So the punk rock museum first, in Las Vegas. First, first try we got, you know, first never made a movie and it ends up in a museum. I'm like, I mean, t- do that with what you will. Yeah. Who, there's <laughs> no telling where, where that's my, uh, where that's, this my movie can end up. that's my, yeah. that's my flex. No, it's going to be in the uh, podcast museum. I'm going to push very hard for them to yeah. do a podcast museum. So that I can end up in that as well. I'm like, we got to get a podcast museum going, guys. Yeah, the because I need, I need every one of my movies to end up in a museum. <laughs> the Ira Glass podcast I don't have any, museum. Right, like the I need something. I need the problem is that the puppets are so good because it's such an item you can put somewhere, and audio is ethereal. So right. I don't know. I mean, cut, cut cut off my ear. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Some plush cassettes or something. Anyway, AOA movie. AOA movie. Everything. Awesome. Well, Sean, I'm so stoked about your movie. I'm stoked about uh, Anchor Ends too. I'm a huge Wilhelm Scream fan here. Uh, Nuno's been on the show. That. Um, love that band. Love their work ethic. And so stoked about that too. But AOA movie, we'll you know, put the links up. If you're following Rad, Rad Dad Show, you'll, we'll have access to all the links as well. Um, you know, go out there for anybody listening or watching, go out there and crowdfund this thing, make it happen. Um, I want to ask you, uh, do you have any advice as we close out the episode? Do you have any advice for dads out there listening? Just be patient with them. You know what I mean? Or like, uh, and I, I'm guilty of this, like, like when they say they want to play, play, mm-hmm. they're not going to do that forever. Mm-hmm. And I know that I, and like my daughter, she wants me to pick her up a lot of times and she's getting pretty big. Yeah. And I just know there's that saying uh, that there's uh, or a little meme or whatever that's like there's that last time you, you put your child down for the last time and you never pick them up again. I'm going to cry. Uh, <laughs> like like but you don't know when that is. You know what I mean? So like I find myself still saying no. She's like, carry me. And I'm like, you can walk, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's like. If I could tell myself in that moment, it's like, dude, just do it. You're not, you're only get, you get only a few more of these. I mean, I, I you know, there's only going to be a few more of them. There's a, a, a limited number of the times she's going to want me to pick her up and carry her into the house or pretend to be asleep in the car. So I pick her up, yeah. you know, you know, that move. Uh, so yeah, like 
pick them up when they ask to play and they, you know, I can't always do it for very long, but I try to play a little bit and engage as much as I can. Cause that's, that's going to go away. Yeah. And if they're asking for it now, that means, I mean, and it means a lot to them when you do that, from what I can tell, it just, it, and, and that's their experience growing up. And so when they get older, they think, Oh, when I asked my dad to play or pick me up, you know, it wasn't like, get out of here. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm busy, you know, like, ah, oh, and frustrated. Like, and like, like I said, I'm not perfect about it, but I, I would say that's advice to myself. I would, I'm trying to give myself, if that makes sense. It's great advice. Let's end it there. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate your time today. All right. That was Sean Michael Cologne on the Rad Dad Show. Go give AOA Movie a follow on whatever platform you're on and make sure to support the movie's crowdfunding campaign if you want to see this thing get made like I do. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us. And thank you for listening. The Rad Dad Show is a labor of love, and people are always asking us the best way to support us. To tell you the truth, the best way is just share this episode, share our posts on social media, tell your friends, or hey, drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Those things are so easy, but they mean so much to us. And if you take something away from an episode, let us know. We love hearing those stories. If you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show, and on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at rad dads show. You can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. But wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That really helps us a lot too. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.